glad you guys are here. If you don't know me, my name is Sam Hitt. I'm one of the pastors here at Colorado. And I'm so grateful just to have the opportunity to share with you tonight and to be together. Uh, if you're returning, we're so glad you're back. And if you're new here, we are so, so glad that you have come out and joined us. Welcome to this family. We are so grateful to have you. Tonight, we're going to continue our series as Trevor and Jason have started us on, looking at the hard sayings of Jesus. But before we get into the scripture, I just kind of wanted to take a second to get to know each other a little bit better. So I got a quick question. Does anybody here just love driving? Yeah! Yeah! yeah okay. I actually got to do it. I love people who like to drive. Like, just say, I can't just jump in the car and go on a road trip. You sound fast, right? I do. Now, sometimes I like driving, but it kind of depends where, you know? Like, I used to live in Virginia for two years, uh, South Virginia, and sometimes you got to drive down through North Carolina. And when you're driving on those roads through the mountains, there's times you come around the bend and it just like opens up, and you can just see for miles. And it's like mountains and hills and trees, and it's just like gorgeous. And those drives are always so much fun. And then there's also times I've driven to like New Mexico, mm -hmm. going to like West Texas. Uh-oh. And it's like, I mean, there's occasionally you see a mountain, it's like, that's cool. But the rest of the time, it's just like desert. And it's just flat and just like the same thing for like hours. It's rough. Now, has anyone ever had like a particularly difficult drive? Yes. Like a drive that was just so... Rough. You were just like, can someone please get out of this car? Exactly. Now, I want to share a story real quick. This is the hardest drive I ever went on. And uh, this is from a few years ago, back in 2015. Date myself a little bit. This is the hardest drive I ever went on. So I was driving by myself. So I had, uh, this is when I was in the process of transitioning into being a tie out for full-time minister. And so I was about to do that, and I just finished my last shift at my previous job, which is as a waiter at Olive Garden here in town. And I had made plans with one of my good friends that I was going to drive out to his house after work. He lived in Lindale, Texas, which is about two and a half hours away. And I'm a Christian from there. Yeah. And so I was going to drive out after work to his house in Lindale, and the next morning we were going to get up and we were going to go on a road trip together up the East Coast. It's going to be awesome. So that was the plan, right? I'm going to go after work. He told me, hey, here's the directions of my house, and you know, if you get on the GPS, it'll tell you to take these, like, highways and stuff, but if you take these backcountry roads, it's way faster, trust me. So I'm like, okay, yeah. cool, man, yeah, I'll do that. Uh, and so I was getting ready for this, but I made a mistake. I didn't check the weather. Oh. Now, most of the day it was like, it was fine, there's a few clouds in the sky, no big deal. But then I start working and it starts raining, right? And it just keeps raining and it keeps raining, it's starting to rain harder and harder. My shift ends and it's like rain, rain, you know what I'm saying? And at this point, I should have been wise enough to say, hmm, maybe I should check the weather now. But I was just like, I'm sure it will stop soon. But it didn't stop. So in fact, it turns out, as I would have found out if I had checked my weather app, that that night was the worst storm of the year in Texas. Nice. Uh, and actually, the next town over from Lindell was a little town called Van, and that night a large tornado touched down. It did a lot of damage. It's actually still like, they're still like recovering from it. It was really, really bad. Uh -oh. 
So anyway, here I am in this like old, tiny, beat up little Ford Mustang from 2003, just trying to survive. And it's like, it's really the kind of rain where it's like, you know, your wipers can't go fast enough, but every time they wipe, it's like a bucket gets thrown on your windshield, and I can't see almost anything. It's so dark, I'm in the middle of nowhere on this back country road, because it's supposed to be faster than the main roads. But, you know, I'm not really driving that fast because I don't want to die and I can't see anything. It's like, you, you ever hit that weird spot where you're like, trying to balance, like on the one hand, I don't want to go too fast because I can't see and I don't want to die. But on the other hand, I really want to be done with this drive. Yeah. I don't want to go too slow either. Because you're trying to kind of find that middle ground of like, you know, not going like too slow, but I also don't want to die because I don't want to go too fast. So I'm going like 45 on these like bad country roads in the middle of this crazy storm. It's just absolutely pouring. There's lightning, there's thunder. I turn a bend and I see a lightning bolt, no lie, hit a tree like right over there. I feel like, I'm sure it was further, but I felt like it was like 30 yards away from me, right off the road. Like I could see a line of fire go through the tree. And, uh, and when lightning gets that close, it's like, like you know, normally like there's like a delay for the thunder. It's just like, boom, there it is. It's like, oh my goodness. And I'm like, I'm gonna die. And so I'm just like, freaking out, praying, like, God, some, somehow get me out of this. They're gonna find my body in a wrecked car in like a week. Nobody knows I'm here. My friend vaguely knows I'm on one of these roads. Nobody knows where I am. This is not looking good. And so I'm just driving and praying, this booming thunder, the water is just dumping all over my car. I'm not having a good time, right? And then it gets worse. So I turn a corner, and you know, sometimes there's like a little dip in the road, and it's like, it's not really that big of a deal, but when it's pouring rain, those things fill up with water, right? And so I turn a corner, and it's really dark, so I can't see this patch of water, so I'm right on top of it. And I hit this patch of water, and it's just like, I completely lose control of my car. And it gets pushed off of the road, into the ditch on the side of the road. And now, if a little dip in the road is full of water, you know the ditch on the side of the road is like a river at this point. And so I'm basically like, I feel like, I, mean, I don't know how high the water actually was, but I feel like it's probably up to like my window. And I'm like, just basically sliding through this river in this ditch in my car, just carried by the momentum that I had, with absolutely no control over my vehicle. And in that moment, I'm just thinking, I am done. <laughs> I'm so, so I'm gonna hit something, my car's gonna be towed, my engine's gonna be flooded, I'm in the middle of nowhere, I don't have any cell reception, it's pouring rain. I'm toast. And so my car is sliding through this ditch for what feels like forever, but it's probably just like a second. And right up in front of me, as it turns out, is a side street coming off of this road. And you know, sometimes they build these side streets and it's just like a rock wall on the edge, right? And if you run into that, it's like, you know, game over. Uh, but this one just so happens, by the grace of God, to have these sloped sides. It's like a hill going up to the road. And so my car is just sliding with me in no control, and it hits this slope, and it goes up the slope, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm back on the road. Nice. Somehow, and my car is still functioning, and I keep driving. And I'm like, what in the world just happened? <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. And I make it to my friend's house. His power's out in his house, because it's that kind of a night. And I get there, and I'm like, I cannot believe that I made it. The Lord is good and was looking out for me in my foolishness and not shifting the weather. They check in the morning, we look at my car, and my tires are like hanging on by a thread. They're like shredded. Like, you know, like the sidewalls of the tire, you can see like all the white and stuff in there from all these like gouges that almost took them out, but didn't quite. I made it, and everything was okay. But that was a hard road. 
Yes. That was a difficult road. It was the hardest I've ever driven. And now Jesus one time said some things about roads, and particularly he talked about another difficult road. We're going to find this saying of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7. We're going to start in verse 13 and read down to verse 14. It says, Enter through the narrow gates, for wide is the gates, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gates, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Lord Jesus, would you speak to us tonight through your word? Would you unveil yourself to us and reveal yourself to us as we look at this tonight? Amen. Okay, so here we see Jesus, and he's talking about two roads, right? He's saying ultimately there's two roads. One road leads to destruction, death, and the other to life, right? Now the road to destruction is broad, and there are many people on it. It's an easy road to drive on, right? Or back in those days to walk on. Now, back in the 1980s, 1970s, in that, that realm, there were a few guys who got together and made what I think is a pretty astute theological statement. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever heard of some guys named Bond, Scott, Malcolm, and Angus Young, but together they composed this statement, one world play. Before that, all roads lead to Rome. You ever heard that before? 
basically this idea that ultimately all roads lead to the same final destination. So you might as well take whichever road seems best to you. This is a very popular viewpoint today in our society, especially when we talk about spiritual things. That all these religions and philosophies are basically just different paths to the same thing. Right? You guys heard that before? Yeah. And that sounds really nice, doesn't it? Sounds really pleasant, but more important than how it sounds, is it true? Is it true that all roads lead to the same place? Have any of you ever heard of a man named Jim Jones? He was a leader of a religious movement that started in 1955 called the People's Temple. They were focused on what they called apostolic socialism, whatever that means. And in the 70s, they established a commune together in Guyana, and it's commonly called Jonestown. Now, if you know the story, you know that what happened next was horrific. Yeah. Yeah. In Jonestown, there was a mass suicide, and 918 people lost their lives, all but two of them due to cyanide poisoning. Armed guards forced those who didn't want to take part in this to take the cyanide, and at least 70 people were forcibly injected with it against their will. 304 of these people were minors. Are all religions equal? Do they all lead to the same place? Even Nazism in Germany has religious roots. You can almost call it a religion. Do all roads lead to Rome? These ones don't. Maybe you say, okay, I mean, those are the extreme cases. I mean, come on, like the major religions, right? Surely those are all leading the same thing. But if you look at those religions, they are not compatible with each other. Islam claims to be the only way. Judaism claims to be the only way. As Jason pointed out last week, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you look at Buddhism and Hinduism, they're completely incompatible with these other religions. The things they teach do not line up. They don't work together. And if you want to make this thing, you have to discount large portions of all of the religions. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's ultimately nonsense. Yeah. It's intellectually bankrupt to believe that all roads lead to the same place. So if that's not the case, then what's the alternative? Well, it would seem like, well, it must mean there's a bunch of roads, right? Presumably leading all sorts of different places. Right? Like you got the Islam road, the Christian road, the Hindu road, all these different roads. And that kind of feels overwhelming, because which one's the right road to be on? Yeah. Yeah. How can we know our road's the right road? But here we see Jesus making this claim. There's only two roads. Hmm. Not a bunch. Not all roads leading to the same place. But there's ultimately one road. There's two roads. One is broad and easy and leads to death. And the other is narrow and difficult and leads to life. Now at the beginning I mentioned these two roads from my own life. This beautiful mountain highway in North Carolina full of gorgeous views. And the difficult back roads in the middle of nowhere in the midst of a tornado heading to Lindale, Texas. And if you ask me which road I'd rather be on, I mean, obviously, North Carolina sounds better, right? But actually, to decide what road you want to be on, you need a little more context than that. Because it's not really the road that matters. It's the destination. Yeah. Roads lead somewhere. Yeah. And that's a lot more important than what the conditions of the road are like. Now, maybe you're one of those people that's like, I just like to get out and go for a drive. I mean, I, I do that sometimes. I've got kids, and uh, my, my five-month-old loves sleeping in the car. So sometimes it's just like, okay, we're just going to go drive around, and you're going to take a nap. And that's fine. 
But ultimately, I still want to end up somewhere. Home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if I end up somewhere else, something went wrong, right? And if you just want to go for a drive, you still want to end up back at home. Yeah. The destination is important. Yeah. And if I were to change the formula a little bit, so you take that pleasant North Carolina road, at the end you end up in a horrible war zone full of horrific dangers and terrible things. Or you can take that hard, dangerous road, but it would be the last dose of medicine that would save your life. Well, that changes the picture quite a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. And we have add contents. Which should we choose then? And this is the picture that Jesus is painting. There's an easy road. It's smooth. It's easy to go along. Many are on it. But it leads to hell. And there's a difficult road. It's pressing. It's crushing. It feels like it's going to destroy you, but it leads to life. And that's the destination I would like to be on. So what are these two roads? What is Jesus really talking about here? As we said last week, Jesus said he was the way. But what does that look like? What does it look like to find the narrow road versus the broad road? Well, to kind of help us get a, a good picture of this, I wanted to shift gears for just a second. Imagine with me, just for a moment, do a little thought exercise. Imagine with me that you were going to stand before God tonight and give an account for your life. It's a fun thought exercise, right? <laughs> so imagine almost like you go across that room over there where you got a nice courtroom set up. And you basically do like a legal defense before God for the way you live your life and why you should enter into life and not destruction. Sounds fun, right? So where would you start? What does your mind immediately jump to when you try to think about a defense for your life? I think a lot of us, if we're honest, there's two things we jump to. One is things I didn't do. Like I never I never killed anybody. I didn't steal much. I didn't do this or that. I'm not like those people over there. Or maybe the other thing we jump to is things that we did that we think are good. Like, look, I volunteered here. I helped this lady across the street. I did this thing or that thing. I went on this trip. I gave this money. Our good deeds are things that we've done that we were supposed to do, the right things, right? The one to say, you know, I'm a pretty good person. I mean, I'm not perfect, but I'm a pretty good person. We have a lot of things to back that up, right? Yeah. Well, let's look at another thing that Jesus said. This actually only comes a few verses after our passage about the two roads. It's in the same sermon. This is from the Sermon on the Mount, which, if you're not familiar, is the most famous sermon in history. You find it in Matthew 5 through 7. And we're going to find this statement that Jesus makes in Matthew 7, 21 23. So we're kind of doing two hard sayings tonight. Bear with me. But in Matthew 7, 21, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons in your name and in your name before many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Another sobering passage, isn't it? Yeah. So here we have these people who thought they were following God. They thought they were doing the right things. They thought they were on the narrow road, but at the end they're rejected by Jesus. Yeah. Right. I mean, these are people who believe the right things. They call them Lord. Yeah. They're teaching other people the right things. They're prophesying. Yeah. 
They're doing all sorts of ministerial things, helping people, serving people, casting out demons, even seeing miracles. But none of that is enough. These people are on the broad road, even when they thought they were on the narrow one. And I think a lot of us, when we look at this passage with these two roads, we tend to approach it and think, okay, so Jesus is talking about, you know, the highway to hell. Classic ACDC. People living wild, sinful lives. The bad people. And the narrow road is full of the good people who do the right thing. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Right. Yeah. It's not a broad road full of bad people. A narrow road full of good people. Jesus rejected people who did the right things. Yeah. These are good things they did. They did a lot of good deeds. Their lives were full of good deeds. And anyone would have looked at them and thought, man, yeah, they've got it going on. They're, they're the good people. They even said they follow God. They look like Christians, like real Christians. But they're not. And at the end, they're on the outside looking in. You know, we tend to like to live our lives by comparison. Yeah. Like we value ourselves based on how we stack up with the people around us. Yeah. Right. And I think we tend to think God values us in the same way. And we say, you know, I'm not perfect. Who is? But I'm a good person. And there's always somebody that we're better than. I'm not like those hateful people over there. Or these people over here. Or these people who, who kill and cheat, and you this, that, and the other thing. We all have people we think are better than. We say, I mean, surely those people, yeah, they're, they're on the road to hell. But I'm not like them. I'm good. But that's not how God works. Yeah. He doesn't judge by our earthly standards. The Bible says, man judges by the outward appearance, but God judges the heart. That's right. And Jesus told this story about a man who thought this way in Luke 18, 9-14. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So here's two men, a Pharisee, one of the leading religious rulers, known for their piety and their many, many good deeds, and a tax collector, known to be a cheat, who would always take more than they were actually owed to line their own pockets, corrupts, traitors to their people. In other words, a good man and a bad man. And the good man says, like so many of us have said, at least I'm not like him. Look at all the good I've done. I'm a good person. But it's the bad man who's justified before God. Why? What is this narrow road? What is different about the ones Jesus accepts compared to these who he rejects? We see all these examples. The Pharisee, these people rejected by Jesus, 
There's people on the broad road. All of these are people who try to justify themselves by their good deeds. By saying they're basically good. They've done enough good. And the bad they've done is not significant enough. So they should be accepted by God. The people who think, I can earn it. But no amount of prophesying, casting out demons, performing signs and wonders, fasting, tithing, any good works are enough to justify us before God. And if we think that we're pretty good people, that we've done more good than bad, and the scales weigh in our favor, that surely a good God would accept us, then friends, we are on the broad road yeah. to destruction. Right. We don't know ourselves. And we don't know God. And if we look around and we feel good because, you know, everyone else is pretty much doing the same thing. They're in the same boat. We say, you know, at least I'm not like those people, those really bad people. We're in a dangerous place. Because the broad road is crowded. So if I look around, there's a lot of people around me who look like me. That's not a great sign. The fact of the matter is we're not justified because we're better than other people. That's not how God works. He doesn't take the top 10% like a Texas State College. That's not the standard. The standard is not what other people look like. The standard is God himself. The creator of the universe, holy and perfect, completely and thoroughly good. He has never done wrong. He has never had a bad motive. He's never made a mistake. And friends, we don't live up to him. Romans tells us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Psalm says there is none who is righteous, no, not one. And Jesus said no one is good but God. And if we think we're good people, we don't know ourselves because we're not. God is good. We are sinners. Our hearts are selfish. That's the essence of sin, is putting self over other people, putting self over God, putting self over everything else. And if we're honest, for most of us, even our good deeds are selfish. We do these good things because what we're going to get out of it. We think we're going to be praised, we'll be rewarded. That's not goodness. And God looks at the heart. He sees our selfish motives. He knows why we do what we do. And friends, this road leads to destruction. And many are on it. Everyone is on it. But there is another road. The narrow road. The hard road. The crushing road. Few find it, but it leads to life. What is the narrow road? Jesus said, I am the way. And even though we are selfish people, we are sinners, and we're not good. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. So Romans 5 tells us. He loved us in such a way that even when we were wicked, selfish, rebels, enemies of God, full of selfish lives, He died for us. And we didn't deserve it. He didn't die for you because you were worthy of dying for. He died for you because He loved you despite your unworthiness. Yeah. God Himself, the Creator and Ruler of the universe, perfect and holy, came down, was born and lived as a person, and lived in this broken world, 
amongst broken people going through all the hardships we go through and willingly died the most painful death mankind has ever devised for you and for me. And in doing that, he made the way for us. The only way. And only if you find this narrow road that leads to life. It's hard. It's difficult. What is this way to life? It's the cross. The death of Jesus on our behalf is the only way to God. But we will never find it if we are still trying to justify ourselves. We're still trying to make excuses for all the bad things we do and point at all the good things we do. We're not good enough. We've never been good enough. We never will be good enough. We are sinners. Like that tax collector. And we need the grace of Jesus. God have mercy on me. But we need His righteousness to cover us. And it can. He is the way. But it's not easy. He didn't say it would be easy. And it's not just performing lip service. It's not a ticket you put in your back pocket. It's not a prayer you say, oh, okay, now you're good. Check off the box. That's not how it works. See, we want to be able to justify ourselves, because if I can justify myself, then I can earn it. And he'll owe it to me. And I can stay in control of my life. But that's not how it works. The narrow game is a cross. Yeah. And going to a cross means going to die. Yeah. It means laying down my life completely and giving it to Jesus, the only one who's worthy of it. Which means he is now in control. And he is now in charge. It's no longer about me. Because I've given my life to Jesus. And you cannot hang on to your life and follow Jesus. That is the broad road. And Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24-25, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Yeah. We cannot hang on to our lives and ourselves <clears throat> and follow Jesus. That's right. This is what the rest of the world does. Every religion, every philosophy, every belief, even the irreligious. So you get what you do. Try to put more good in the world than bad. Good vibes, right? you got to work really hard to earn it. But you can't work hard enough to change a selfish heart. Yeah. And it's never going to be enough to live up to the glory of God. And if we get what we're due, it's not very good news for us. Because we are sinners. And the wages of sin is death. And that's where we all are. It doesn't matter how good I think I am. It doesn't matter how much better I am than the guy down the road from me. It doesn't matter what good things I've done. I'm a selfish sinner. But Jesus is good. Yeah. He is really good. Yeah. And we've never known goodness until we've known Jesus. And he loved us. So he didn't want to leave us there. And he took our wages on himself. Yeah. What we deserve, what we are due, he took on himself. When he died on the cross. And was separated from the Father for us. So that now we can come to him and receive mercy. Like a tax collector. Have mercy on me, God. A sinner. But it means bowing. 
It means laying down control of my life. It means coming to Jesus, taking up his cross, saying, Lord, here is my broken life. Here's all of me. Do what you want with me. I'm yours now. He's good. And he loves you. And he gave himself for you. And you can trust him. This road is not easy. Jesus called it crushing. It's hard. It means going to the cross and crucifying ourselves. And dying. But you know, after the cross comes the resurrection. Yeah. And this is the only way to life. Yeah. There's not another one. You try to get Dr. Strange this time, so look at millions of possibilities. You're never going to find another way. Yeah. There's only one. We have to bow to Jesus. We have to give Him our lives, not just some words, but actually give Him our lives. And this is what the gospel is. Tim Keller, a wonderful pastor in New York, said it like this. The gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. Yeah, this is the gospel. What road are we on? I think tonight the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of us. And as we hear this, and respond. I think there's a couple of groups of people that need to respond to Jesus tonight. The first of the people who came in would say, yeah, I'm not good. I know I'm not good. I know I'm a bad person. I know I'm on the road to hell. I know the things I've done. And if you knew the things I've done, you wouldn't want me here. And if that's you, you're actually closer to the road to life than you realize. Because Jesus died for all of your badness. Yeah. For all of your selfishness, for all of your sin. Maybe you say, but you don't know what I've done. I don't. But he does. And he died for it. And he took it on himself on the cross. And you can actually come to him. And you can bow your heart to him. And you can be free of your sin. Truly free. And he will give you a new life and a new heart. If you come and you come to the cross and you bow to Jesus and you give him your life, You'll find he can do a lot more with it than you could ever imagine. The rest of us who come in tonight probably say, I'm a pretty good person. Do we trust him in our goodness? Or our own estimation of our goodness? How we think we stack up in our standards? Are we holding on to control of our lives? It'll never work. It's never going to be enough. You know, the Pharisees were the most upright people in the world in regards to the law. Their conduct, you couldn't find a fine. But Jesus said they were whitewashed tombs. Because even their good deeds, even their righteousness was selfish. Which means it wasn't righteousness. It was sin. And this is me. I was the typical church kid, the good kid that other parents would look at and like, oh man, what a good kid. I never got in trouble, kept my nose clean, but all my goodness was because I thought I would benefit from it. It wasn't for God. 
It wasn't out of unselfishness. And I wasn't good. And that became very clear to me. I found myself wrapped up in sin. I never thought I'd be wrapped up in. But I encountered Jesus, who had died for me when I didn't deserve it. And he's worthy of everything. Yeah. And if that's you tonight, give him your life. Yeah. Trust him. He is the only way. You've got to come to Jesus and bow and say, here's my life, Lord. Do whatever you want with it. It's not just saying a prayer. It's not putting a ticket in your pocket for when you die. It's going to the cross. It's laying down our lives and giving Jesus control. This is the only road to life. And Jesus has come to give us abundant life, full life, rich life, not just when we die, but right now. And in Him is freedom. He's a good King. He's worth following. And in Him is actual freedom from our sin. We don't have to be bound in it anymore. Not just that we die right now. But we've got to come to Him and we've got to lay our lives down. Cody, if you want to go ahead and come back up. Cody's going to lead us in a song. And as He does, we're going to meet with Jesus. We're going to ask Him to speak to us. To show our hearts to us. To show us where we are. What road am I walking on right now, Jesus? And some of us tonight are going to be ready to come to Him and bow and give our lives to Him. Say, I'm done living this way. Trying to justify myself. Trying to kind of do enough. And always coming up empty. And then we're going to pray. And after we pray, I want you to meet Jesus. You can come to some space in the front, on the side. You can just sit right where you are in your seat and meet with Jesus. Well, let's meet with Him. Let's be honest with Him. So show us our hearts. Let's give Him our lives. Give Him our life. Let's not continue on the broad road anymore. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Father, that you came for us in the human way. God, we recognize Jesus that we're not good. And we're not enough. And we can never cut it. But Lord, you came and you died for me. A sinner. But I didn't deserve it. God, I've never earned the cross. But you've given yourself for me. I don't want to keep trying to justify myself this road that leads to death. I want to live for you, Jesus. I want you to have my life, all of me, everything. You call the shots. You're in charge. Have your way in me, Jesus. Amen. If you're ready to meet with Jesus, the bow and give your hearts. Find a place, listen to Let's give our lives to Jesus tonight.